fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, in the Yellow Building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 762 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. I am. How'd you know? Oh, I was a guess. It's only taken you like 300 episodes to finally figure it out. <laughs> 300? Have we done that many? I have no idea. I've been here for 500 and something, so I don't know how long yeah. you've been. No, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like forever. It's because it has been forever. <laughs> well, almost like this far short of forever. Forever, yeah. Almost. Uh, so how are things going this? up there? Ah, uh, wet. Although it's, it's uh, not as that's we're still getting rain overnight, yep. so that's that's helping. That's helping with the mold. Finally, got a call from my insurer. Oh, they just rang me to see if anybody was urgently like if we urgently needed help and the place wasn't livable. I'm like, it's been like two weeks. It's a bit late to be asking <laughs> if there's any urgent assistance needed now. So anyway, had a chat to them and. I said, no, the only thing that I need help with, like, sooner rather than later is my carport, which is all asbestos. Yep. Um, so that's the only thing that's going to be, like, I'm currently stripping out the granny flat, getting all that emptied out, all the all the VJ off the walls and all the insulation out. Yep. It's all starting. To, luckily, I'm doing it, like, I had the aircon on for a week because I knew I wouldn't be able to get to it because I had to go down and stand to Lismore and organise all that sort of stuff. So I had the aircon on for a week, which dried it out a fair bit. Yep. Luckily, because otherwise it would have been far worse than it is. Um, but everything's got mould on it. Like you look at the bed, you can see like little mushrooms growing on it and the lounge, yep. the leather's the leather's green now instead of black. And <laughs> so, I saw people on Facebook saying, watch out if you're in that area and working on your house, there's going to be a lot of asbestos and don't touch it if you see it. This is an old area, yeah. Um, my shed was built in, I think the block was settled in like 55, something like that. And that that carport was put in as their temporary living quarters while they're building the house. Oh, right. This particular house I'm in now, 
the original house burnt down in like 78 or something. Yeah. So this is rebuilt, but the shed's the original shed from the first time around. And it's all, yeah, it's all asbestos and lead paint. <laughs> so it's, it's fine. All the good stuff. Um, <laughs> the thing is with asbestos, if you don't, if it doesn't turn to like, it's the dust you've got to worry about. Yep. The asbestos yep. itself, you can, you can lick it and it won't hurt you. Yep. But it's the dust that, um, you've got to be careful of. So yeah, if you're like at the moment, even though it's moldy, the fact that the asbestos is moldy is actually less of a risk than me trying to tear it apart. So I'm just going to go in there, take all my stuff out. And then in a couple of weeks when the crew comes, they can just rip all the guts out of it. And New shed? The problem is they're going to rip all the guts out of it. The shed's going to fall down because it's literally only the fiberboard holding it together at this point. Oh, jeez. Um, and I was, according to the insurance manifesto I was reading, before they can make repairs to a property, they have to bring it up to code. Oh. <laughs> so I'm thinking that they're not going to do that and they're just going to offer me a payout because <laughs> it's going to cost them far more to bring it up to code than that you, you could buy a new shed for half the price it would cost to do that. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. But yep. um, yeah, so throwing out beds and cupboards and lounges and... Um, there's a heap of other stuff I've got to go through. Like all the books have got are all mouldy. They smell mouldy. They're starting to grow mould. Yeah, yeah. So all the books I've got to take photos of each individual IMI number on the ISDN number on them and ISDN. IBM. I, I, yeah. IBM. IBM. Yeah. IBM. <laughs> Panasonic. Hitachi. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So I got to take a photo of all those numbers. Go through. Look them all up on Amazon. Find out what the cost is so I can catalogue it all. So I can just hand them a list standard at the end book number. Yeah. yeah, see, IBM. Um, <laughs> ASIC, I don't know, GST or something. Um, and so I've got to do that with that. I've got to do it with my DVDs because like, I, I was actually, I didn't know this, but I knew porous services like timber, plasterboard, um, uh, fabrics, obviously, you know, paper, that sort of stuff. Attract, like once mold got into it, you couldn't get it out. Anything organic, yeah. But I was unaware that plastic is actually worse. Too um, the the spores will actually get into the plastic that you won't even be able to see it or smell it because the plastic masks it. Huh. And then if you say spray like CD and DVD covers, you spray them with like vinegar to kill it. Yep. Well, that's the droplets are too big to get into them. the into the spores, so it actually won't affect them. And then three months later, your DVD shelf's blooming. Oh. And then everything <laughs> else does, of course. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so I got to do that, and all the, um, you know, basically all the cupboards, all the kitchen cupboards that are in there. Yeah. The water, like for three days after the water went down, there was water seeping out from underneath the kitchen cupboards under the <laughs> kickboard. Jeez. So that's obviously going to be an issue. And how about your uh, dad and them down at Lismore? So dad, um, did I tell you that? I can't remember. I don't even know what we grew up to. When did I go down there? Did I tell you I went down there? Is that a thing? Yeah, you when had to I take that? 100 litres of petrol. and. Yeah, was that this Sunday just gone? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been, the last two weeks have been a blur. So, yeah, so we went down to Lismore, which is part of the reason I, I have only just started on my shed because I've, I've been down there last week. And I took down, um, yeah, 100-odd litres of fuel and um, vinegar, like 100 oh, litres of vinegar. Um, and bottled water and stuff um, because obviously, you know, they didn't have any of that down there, down to my family. So they at least, at least I could help my, most of my family out. Yep. Um, 
and the the yeah dad well i say dad like most of my family is homeless down there um there's there's houses uh that um like as i said my auntie and uncle had a house that was built a foot above the 74 level yep and it was two over two meters under from that level yeah it's the biggest flood i've ever seen um and so houses that people were evacuated to and areas that people went to yep went underwater yeah because it was so high um like one of the evacuation centers at st cart's school which has never in the history of the town even been cut off let alone go underwater the hall that they were in started going underwater. Oh, jeez. And that was where they sent most of the elderly patients from, like, the... Nursing um, homes and stuff. Nursing homes and stuff. So they had a hall full of, I don't want to say invalid, but, yep. you know, people Seniors. that are hard to move. Yep. And by now, the, everything else is cut off and they have to try and get them into boats now. Yeah. Like, you know, it was insane. And just to top it all, you know, top it all off, like, it rained... They had some ridiculous amount down there a couple of days ago, which in some respects was good because it washed a lot of the mud away that was on the streets and stuff. Yep. So it did actually clean up some things, but it brought the water table back up again. There's like a lot of streets they can't even repair at the moment because the streets are basically floating on top of the gravel. The, bit, the bitumen's effectively floating. Huh, cool. But there's massive big potholes that will swallow your car, but they can't fix them because the street's floating. Yeah. You know, um, I've never seen, like, I've been through a lot of floods down there, but. No, I've never, I can't even, if you're not used to seeing floods normally, it's hard enough. But when you're used to seeing floods, yep. this is a whole other level. Yep. Uh, it, it's like, there's a house on top of the skating rink. The skating rink is a 30 foot tall steel shed. Yeah. And there's a two story house on top of that. God. <laughs> that is nuts. <laughs> so you have to imagine how much volume of water was above that shed to get a two-story house to float on top of it. Yeah. Like, it's... That's nuts. And a lot of the town's not coming back. The bowling alley's not coming back. The workies club's not coming back. Um, there's... Uh, what else? Oh, there's a, the skating rink they might not bring back. Um, the library, both stories of the library's underwater, and it's an old library. had a lot of old books in there. Yeah. Yep. They're all paper mache now. Um, you know, like the antique stories, like... <laughs> I don't know if I bother coming back. It's not like I can just find another, you know, fifty thousand dollars worth of antiques floating around somewhere to put in my store. They were literally floating around. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I, mean, I was like, I was reading today. They said that usually you get one or two years of La Nina and it's gone, but they reckon it's probably going. Looks like it's going to be coming back again next year, so it's highly likely again. And the banks are not going to be loaning any money to people who are in a place that's been flooded now. Like we just no, and they did the flood, get a house. They did the flood event thing two or three nights ago to raise money. Yep. And they didn't raise that much because people don't want to donate because the last lot of money is still sitting yeah. with the charities and they haven't let it go. For a so, rainy day. Yeah. We can't get much more rain. <clears throat> so yeah, so that's all been happening and then at the at work in Ipswich our shed was fine, but the water came up higher than it's ever come up. And um Simple things you don't think about, like the um, the traffic lights near my shop haven't worked since the flood because the like there's 
apparently, and I didn't know this, apparently there's different versions of traffic light. You know, you see the big green boxes that hold all the stuff. Yeah. Well, ones that go underwater, they use the old school mechanical relay mechanical system because it's really easy to fix and change out if something happens. Just get it's a, a big blue dryer. Basically, yeah. They, they effectively just blow it out and it works. Yeah. Um, and there's, most of them still use incandescent bulbs instead of LEDs because then you don't need to worry about power, you know, power adapters and it just all works. But the one up closer to me is a new digital one because it's never expected to go underwater. Dope. And they carry spare parts for these, but they don't carry entire systems for them. And also so there's ends. like 10 or 15 sets of lights in Ipswich that they just can't fix because they don't have a spare 15 traffic light boxes to replace because they completely fried them because like, yeah. they're all digital. Um, and they're all sourced with backup power. So it's not like when they lost grid power, they might have saved them because they were powered down and it might have been okay. They were still powered up as they were going underwater because the battery backups kicked in. So, uh. <laughs> so I completely fried them all. So even stuff like that you don't think about, like yeah. it's been two weeks and we still don't have traffic lights, which and apparently nobody in Ipswich knows how to use intersections without traffic lights. Uh, no, that won't. <laughs> 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 Which makes sense because none of you can use a roundabout. So, yep. What's new, right? <laughs> so yes, uh, so it has been fun. Well, not much answer. has happened here. So I can't add anything for it myself? Just no, you've had a relatively months. event-free week, which is actually highly unusual for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a bit of rain, I think, yesterday. That was it. Yeah, how are your bees going? Bees, yeah, they seem to be doing pretty well. No, that's all right. Still hanging out, building their stuff. Yeah. The native bees are really fussy. Like they if they don't want to be there, you'll know about it. Be there. They, yeah. I see what I'm I did. In my shirt, the bees <laughs> are happy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, you knew you knew Mark. Jason, Jason, Jason. Yeah, I have to get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, but, so Oh, well, we should thank everybody who donates as well. Yes, all our um, all the people who give us coffee. No, wait, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, I'm, I'm drinking coffee, so it's the same thing. You need to if we're on this time of night, but it won't be too long before we're back in sync again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when, when I'm in your time zone. March, April. Well, Mar- March. Yes, end it's April, March. End of April, isn't it? Start of April. Start of April, sorry, yeah, end of March. So it's only what two weeks or a week and a half. Something like that. Hooray! Something like that. Yeah. So that'll make life a bit easier. We won't be well. It's going on for what eleven o'clock down there now. So. Yep. It's um, past your bedtime, old man. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just just take off. We'll just start here tomorrow and be done with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So our patrons, our uh, coffees, uh, PayPal guys, a couple of people are direct depositing. Um, the people are spending the, the the guys. There's a couple of people spending a whole lot of time sending me letters with cut out bits of newspaper and letters and ah. stuff. Out. And the problem is they're asking me for things. I'm supposed to be, they're supposed to be giving me you things. Got nothing. Yeah, I know. And like, give me all your money. I'm like, you've got it all. Yeah. Did you that see they had a um, partisan bill called the Sunshine Protection Act in the U.S. And the Senate has unanimously, unanimously approved a measure that could make daylight saving time permanent across the country next year. No more switching clocks, more daylight hours to spend outside after school and after work, and more smiles. It's just got to pass the last um, 
has to pass the house. Well, I, I mean, they tried it in in Australia a couple of years ago, and everyone said no, no, um, because there's too much variance. Like, it's okay in Queensland, it, it works, but in Victoria, in you know, in the middle of summer with daylight saving, it's eleven o'clock outside, and you can still read a book. <laughs> you know, it's like, also eleven o'clock inside at the same time. Oh, shut up. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> not if you live in. Uh, I always wonder what happened to the, like the people who live in like Tweed. It must be really painful. Yeah. Especially if you like don't like your work. You know, three meters that way. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to get up at six to be at work by nine. Yeah. And yeah. you only you only work three hundred meters down the road. Like. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw um, somebody did a cartoon that was on Twitter, and there were two uh, cowboys. <laughs> And they're like, we'll settle this tomorrow at noon. And then one of them's walking down the street with a box and the other guy shoots him and goes, it's not moon yet. It's not noon yet. He goes, yeah, it is because we had daylight savings last night. Like, <laughs> oh, dear. It's like that uh, Red Dwarf episode where Crichton's the cowboy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is something in my clock, was it? He shoots him and it doesn't have any effect. And he's like, oh, that's right, my watch is fast or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then like three minutes later, you see the guy just fall over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was that episode. Or was it tripping the river? I don't know, it was something. One of those, yeah. It's one of those really weird shows that people probably shouldn't watch. But we do. Because they're, they're addictive and you can't stop watching them once you start. Awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> you got some Somebody news? asked me today, they oh. said, what's what's your favorite TV show? I'm like, seriously, one? One? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't do one. I can do... There's a lot of good ones. Like 15, maybe, if I'm really pushed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Let's 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 kick this camel. Off you go. I was going to say, what's the camel sound like? Hang on. <laughs> uh, so the good old, good old NBN strikes again. Um, the Australian... Competition and why don't they just write ACCC? Everyone knows what it is at this point. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission has gone somewhere to answering the question of what is worse than being on the NBN when it comes to full fiber. Um, the latest instalment of the Measuring Broadband Australia report NBN alternative fiber connecting fiber connections sold by Unity under its LBN Co and Opticom monikers were included for the first time, albeit with sample size of only 40 lines. The report said busy hours download speed on Unity were 101.6% of plan speeds, while NBN full fiber could hit 103%. It was a similar story for upload speeds with Unity lines reporting 88% of plan speeds and NBN lines hitting 91%. I don't think either of those are acceptable, honestly. Hmm. Unity lines also had a higher outage rate, but this is mostly due to a pair of apartments having a high number of outages. I guess when you've got small lines, the one outage skews the numbers a lot more. Um, on the upside, um, latency for latency for Unity was half of NBN, with the average um, Unity lines having 4.5 milliseconds and 4.8 at busy times. So if you're a gamer, that's yep. worth it. <clears throat> Go for um, Unity Opticom. Elsewhere in the report, ACCC was happy to claim credit for boosting download speeds on fixed wireless with users seeing 80% of planned speeds and busy hours compared to 68 a year ago. Uh, the welcome boost is all because ACCC remains determined to continue testing network speeds at the top of the st- stack, while NBN itself is a layer two provider. 
The improvement in download speeds is due to the change NBN Co made in July 2021, which allowed 15% over-provisioning allowance on the download component of NBN fixed wireless plans. Some retail providers have passed on this change to their customers. As for fixed wireless upload speeds, they are heading backwards compared to a year ago with only 49% of speed plans able to be obtained. And there's no upstream over-provisioning, which is part of the reason that only 50% are able to be obtained. Yep. Um, <clears throat> out of the 12,066 boxes used to perform measurement on the report. It's not really a big sample size if you think about it, is it? No. Sorry, not 12,000, 1,266. Huh. <laughs> it must be, there must be like 1% of users or something. Yeah. So realistically, they're testing a pretty small sample size. Uh, Aussie Broadband has the highest number of underperforming lines at the moment, which leads to Aussie Broadband looking as though it provides the slower speeds until those lines are excluded and is able to jump ahead of the super loop. Yeah, but that's not... <laughs> So that makes it sound like Aussie Broadband is underperforming. Yep. They're not. The problem is the lines they're on are shared lines with other providers. They can't um, do enough about that. Obviously, if Telstra's sharing that line, they're going to prioritise their service. So it's not really Aussie Broadband's fault that they've got shared lines. Like that's the NBN's mismanagement of lines. Mm. But I bet you if they measured their... their their own fibre, their black web, that they, or their dark web that they... Um, Rolling out in Sydney and that. Dark fibre, sorry, that they rolled out in Sydney and, and Melbourne and all those places. I bet you that's faster than anybody else's. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so basically the NBN's still garbage, but it's slightly less garbage than it was. Yeah. So. And if you uh, don't like it, go to the other guys. What they, they say? The worst... The, wor- the, nah, more. What? <laughs> You're really having trouble with words tonight, oh. aren't you? <laughs> it's it's too much, it's either too much coffee or not enough coffee. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's one of those two things. <laughs> Have some more, um, and we'll see what happens. Highest underperforming lines. Um, the highest underperforming lines excluded the fast. What? Hang on. They're missing. They're either missing words or they can't. <laughs> They've, that's us. Okay, they've cut off half a paragraph here. They're, they're starting at the middle of the paragraph. You. The fastest ISPs, apparently, and I don't believe this for a second, is Exitel. There is no way. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> at least they didn't true. say Toto. <laughs> the reason Exitel is fast is because they don't have any customers. Yeah. So they've got heaps of <laughs> provisioning. Because I was on Exitel for a, a week, yep. and it was the worst week of my life. <sighs> um, I was actually, I was like, I was on there. No, I was on it for the for their month, and then I rang them up and said, "Cancel the plan," because you absolutely, literally, in that month, I was with them. I looked at my usage report, and I actually managed to connect to it for like a day mm. out of a month. And I said, "Yeah, give me a refund, give me money back, go away." Yep. It then took them three months to turn my service. Oh wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so I was with I went to Aussie Broadband, and they said, "Oh, they're not releasing your line for churning." I said, "Well, they don't really have a choice." They're like, "No," but unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. It's up to them when they do it. Oh. Was that they, DSL? They, um, no, that was that was NBN. Because NBN, you've got two oh, lines in. You can switch from one to the other, and that's what I did it's, when I went from Sky Mesh to Aussie. They provide, no, both it, of them were provisioned at the same time, and they just said, "Unplug from there, plug in there." And the other one will eventually drop off. I think this was back before that was a thing. This is like the first NBN box I got, which didn't have two 
What are they they're supposed to have two, two voice lines and two network lines. Two, two and two days, yeah. yeah. Now, the, the original, the original um, NBN boxes I got when I was at Acacia Ridge, no, I wasn't. I was at um, Bundamba. They had, yeah, they only had one voice line, one NTD. Oh, okay. Um, they came back like six months later yep. and gave me a different box. Oh, okay. I think the first ones they rolled out, yeah, because it didn't have the fiber input either. Right. It was only for the copper input, and then they were starting to roll out fiber, so they came back, put fiber in our street, and then when they did that, they gave me the new box. Oh, okay. Even though I was technically on NBN, they couldn't have ADSL because NBN was provisioned. <laughs> I think it was, honestly, I think it was probably it's just an ADSL router. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And so, yeah, so at the time, Aussie Broadband couldn't churn my line because Exitel wouldn't release it uh, even though I wasn't paying for it. Yeah. So they just gave me a 4G dongle and said, do you have at it? Good on them. In the meantime. So, yeah. but yeah, so good to see the NBN still failing miserably. <laughs> <We'll keep laughs> it's not like it costs money or anything. Nah. <laughs> Netflix will soon launch a test letting primary account holders pay an additional fee for users outside of their households, mm. a new attempt by the company to address illicit password sharing. According to the Netflix Terms of Service, a customer's account may not be shared with individuals beyond your household. After years of turning a blind eye to password sharing behaviour that falls outside of the requirement, the company last year ran a limited test prompting users to enter their account credentials as a way to nudge freeloaders into paying for their own accounts. Now an upcoming test launching in three company countries, Chile, Costa Rica and Peru. Netflix will let members who share their accounts with people outside the household to do so easily and securely while also paying a bit more. According to Chen Yi Long, Director of Product Innovation at Netflix, new options will roll out in the next few weeks in the three countries and may or may not expand beyond those markets. We've always made it easy for people who live together to share their Netflix account with features like separate profiles and multiple streams in our standard and premium plans. They wrote in their blog about the test. While these have been hugely popular, they've also created some confusion about how and when Netflix can be shared. As a result, accounts are being shared between households, impacting our ability to invest in great new TV and films for our members. With the add an extra member feature, members with Netflix standard and premium plans will be able to add a subsidiary accounts for up to two people they don't live with, each with their own profile, personalised recommendations, login and password for less than the cost of a separate Netflix plan. In addition, Netflix is testing out the ability to let subscribers transfer user profiles to new accounts, which would make it easier for password moochers to pay for their own plans. Members in the three test countries can allow people who share their account to transfer profile information either to a new account or an extra member sub-account, preserving their viewing history, my list, and personal recommendations info. I thought somebody had said on uh, Twitter that uh, they didn't know that uh, their ex-flatmate was still using their Netflix because their ex-flatmate, when they created an account... Uh, logged into their account and created a new profile called the Profile Settings mm. and then put a little cog as yeah, the And they're like, I just realised this is the profile page of this guy. And there was another <laughs> one where somebody had said, I just saw that uh, Netflix is putting prices up. I really hope God be with you, person who is paying for my Netflix and I hope you can afford it. <laughs> I mean, I have many questions, but like... Uh, 
I didn't think you could use, like, if you've got, depending on your account, but you can have two or three devices logged in at the same time. Yep. But, like, how does it matter if, so this is what I don't understand. Like, oh, you can have three devices logged in at the same time as long as they're three devices you own and are in your house. I'm like, hang on, but if I'm at work, like, I'm not going to set up a separate account to have a work account. No. Uh, from a friend's place and he doesn't have Netflix and I do, I'm not going to sign him up to have an account just so I can watch Netflix at his place. Yeah, and then sign out. I mean, when I went to sign up for Amazon Prime to get movies and stuff um, a few months ago, I hadn't used, clicked on the Amazon Prime app in my uh, PlayStation for a couple of years. And when I went to log in there, it goes, um, hello, and it had my sister's name on there because she logged in when she was visiting so she could watch all the shows that she liked, and I didn't have any Amazon Prime back then. So she, it was still her account was still on there. Yeah. So I could have gone, oh, well, screw paying Amazon. I'll just use her account. But I ended up getting mine because I want to use the Prime and other things on there. Yeah, and but I don't understand how having like me going to a friend's place and logging in there and me watching it from there the is any different than me watching it from home. Or somebody else at home watching it whilst I'm over there watching it. Like, yeah. The whole argument falls apart as soon as you apply logic to it. <laughs> they just don't, now, they just want your uh, dad or or brother or whatever to get their own account to try and make more money, but they keep putting the price up anyway. So. They put the price up anyway. But the thing is that that's not going to happen because people who are not paying for it now aren't going to pay for it because you want them to. No, they're not going to. They want you to pay to more it. for your account to support them. <laughs> yeah. So they're either going to just not use it anymore, which is going to dramatically in, you know, affect what your users are watching and how many people are watching something and yeah, whether or not numbers. it's, you know. And they're going to go to something like, um, you know, movies.do or something like that. Where you pay your twenty bucks a year and you can literally watch everything. Yeah, I said, and I saw you can have unlimited logins with that. Somebody on Reddit was saying they decided to cancel all of their subscriptions to all the streaming service, and they'll sign up for Netflix for three months, watch all the binge watch all the shows they want there, cancel the account, sign up for Amazon for three months, <clears> binge watch all the shows they want there, cancel it, sign up to Disney Plus for three months, and then back to Netflix, and then. <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. Too many services and stuff all over the place. Oh, and it it really is like we're doing the whole. You know, we went from pay TV or normal TV. Where we had you know five channels. I had two, and then well, you're back in the old days. <laughs> ten, and, ten and ABC, or well, seven uh, zero actually. Seven and ABC for us. That was it. Yeah, mm. we wanted NBN because um, had all those Saturday morning cartoons. We didn't get any. <laughs> And then they started, once digital TV came out, you suddenly had the same, you know, five free-to-airs, but each one of those had their own five sub-channels. So now you had, like, 25 channels with most of them being exactly the same as each other. Yep. They're slightly different now. They finally realise they can actually put different shows on them. Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> back, in the, back in the day, though. <laughs> Who would have thunk that? Yeah, I know, right? And then you've got Foxtel. And the 47 different flavors of Foxtel that you can have, you know, and so you've already got a million different possibilities within all those. 
and then you've got yeah as you said you know netflix and amazons and and all those sort of things and so you've and disney and hulu and... you know like and there's no you're getting back to that whole who wants to manage eight different accounts i just want to watch a show yeah you know like just give me a central subscription service and let me watch a show yeah and you deal with who gets the money not yep. my problem i don't care i just want to watch a show yeah i you think know. that's why but... like my um google tv adapter and i i think apple tv probably does it as well you when you load up the google tv it's got all the services listed and you just press the button on there for the assistant and go stream Snowpiercer TV series and mm. it figures out which network you've subscribed to might have it, but then some things are on none of the networks that you've got or any of the other ones, and then you might have to pay for it through there or it might not even exist as something to watch. I wanted to watch something like a, a week ago, and I looked. There's websites you can go to that list them. I think Finder has got some as well, and mm. it's like where can I stream this online? And you want to pay for it or you want to pay, rent the movie for <clears> 10 bucks for one, two nights or something. And it just does, it's not on any network in Australia at all. Mm. So you're like, what? Bit, the then, movies the, do or torrent. That's the only They're supposedly all starting to be cracking down on VPNs now. Yeah. They're not, they're supposed to be not working with VPNs a lot of them now. So, you know, it's not like you can, you know, Canada's got the biggest Netflix catalog. Yeah. Out of you'd think it'd be America, but no, Canada does. <laughs> so a lot of Americans are using VPNs to watch Canadian TV. <laughs> That's pretty good, eh? <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's why I go to movies. Do because it literally like you might have to wait a day or two for some of the latest episodes to be uploaded. Yeah, but it literally has like I don't think there's I have nothing. Wow, I don't <laughs> think there's anything on I've looked for that hasn't been there. Yeah, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah, too much stagmentation. It's got to come back to a simple point of service and yep. it's just like they're Punch making everything else easier. All. You can use Google Pay and you can have 12 different ways to pay, but at the end of the day, you walk up, swipe your Google Pay and it works. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it happens in the back end. They get their money. They they work all that out. You just pay for the product. Yeah. It is the same sort of thing. Whereas it just gives me a list of stuff. I go, oh, well, it's that. And then it goes, oh, that's through Netflix or Amazon. You, you know, we'll just give them their three cents an episode or whatever and be done with it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Who's speaking of Google, well, we won't, but let's, speaking <laughs> of Google, <laughs> Google's announced it'll be expanding age verification checks to users in Australia who want to access age restricted content on YouTube and Google Play. How the heck are they going to do proof? <clears throat> yes, I was born. Little little Tommy, I was born in 1907. Wait, that's too old. Well, <laughs> 1937. In the coming months, the search giant will introduce age verification checks where users are asked to provide additional proof of age when attempting to watch mature content on YouTube or downloading content on Play Store. Moves to provide users with age-appropriate experiences, Google Government Affairs and Public Policy Senior Management Samantha York explained. As part of the process, some Australian users may be asked to provide additional proof of age when attempting to watch mature content on YouTube or downloading content on Google Play. If our systems aren't able to establish that a viewer is above the age of 18, we'll request they provide ID, valid ID or a credit card to verify their age. Google considers a valid ID is issued by governments such as driver's license or passport. Passport. The company assured if a user uploads a copy of their ID, it would be securely stored and won't be made public 
So no no kid's going to go into dad's wallet yeah. and take a photo of his ID. <laughs> or, you know, it's not sitting scanned on my desktop because I have to use it so much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is noted, however, that it will not only use the person's ID to confirm, but also to improve the verification services for Google. Everyone's just going to log in their kids to all of their accounts and say, look, just use my account because they're going to be like, oh, I want to watch this and they won't let me watch it on the... Well, it's... Right. I'll finish this. Google said the move is in response to Australian government's online safety restrictive access systems declaration 2022. So there's something else they've slipped through or this COVID crap, which requires platforms to take steps to conform users are over the age of 18 before they can access content that could potentially be inappropriate. Now, here's the thing. Who decides what's potentially appropriate and what's inappropriate? And more than that, I don't know how many times I've gone to a YouTube video that half a dozen commenters have deemed inappropriate, so they've flagged it, which means Google goes, oh, this must be inappropriate for minors. You need age verification. But it's like... How to fix a car. Normal, yeah. It's <laughs> just like you see worse... You go to the medical section of YouTube, you can see far worse than you can see in non-normal, you know, yeah. a lot of paid sites. <laughs> but they're not age restricted because it's medically yeah. medical information and it's 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 in, you know education. But you get somebody who you know shoots a gun and teaches you how to teaches you gun safety. Well, it's age restricted material. Yeah, you know, so it's just a lot of crap. Um, and who's going to... This is... Google has finally found the answer. We want people to sign up for the Google um, YouTube premium. Nobody's yeah. doing that. They're all ignoring us. Every time you log in there, it's like, get the premium. What, you want the premium? You sure you want the premium? You can't... No, I don't, don't. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. Just give us your credit card to, to prove your age. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. We got your credit card. Yeah. Well, I've never really got mine because I use Google Pay anyway. Because uh. um, I, some of the like, I use um, ChargeFox and stuff for the van, which is charging points automatically deduct your credit card. It's done yep. through Google Pay. So I got Google Pay you know. on there and Fitbit Pay on this. Um, but the the dumb part is like, I've got Cam's tablet is child locked. So if he wants to install an app or he wants to do anything that's not preset it sends a request to my phone i can prove or deny it yeah. or i can scroll through see exactly what he's been on how long he's been on it you know all that usual stuff but half the channel because youtube made this stupid transition a couple of years ago in their youtube channels and what they call child or kid channels kid kid content channels versus content that's kid friendly so if you mark your content, like we could do it with Aussie Tech Ed, technically it's kid-friendly content, but if I mark it as, is it aimed at kids, one, you can't monetize it, which doesn't matter because I'm monetized anyway, but it disables comments, it disables likes and dislikes, it disables interaction. Um, and so because ours is marked, not or it's not marked as... Mark, um, made for kids content yep. on the YouTube's kids app, he can't access it. So he can't watch Aussie Tech Eds so on the app because it's not marked as made for kids. Yep. So you go to Chrome and you go to YouTube on Chrome and you log in with the same credentials you've just used to log into 
your Gmail and to YouTube Kids, and you have full unrestricted YouTube because <laughs> anyway. it doesn't use the app and it doesn't know that you're a kid, even though your <laughs> account like has the date of birth in the account and has been verified by me as a child. <laughs> it's nuts. So What's the system's broken point? anyway. <laughs> And they want to introduce. And the other thing is, if they ask you for age verification, if you go to this, take that video, copy it into an incognito window, and paste it, yep. it will say, "Oh, we." You, it'll just ask you, "Are you over 18? You click yes, but because you're not logged into an account, it won't. It can't verify it, so it just assumes you are. Yeah, it's like a porn site that way. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> it's like, it's like, so how is any of this going to no. change anything other than? Give yourself a giant collection. Of, well, they don't need credit card details. They've already got them. Maybe driver's licenses and passports, which are also acceptable. There you go. They want all your info that you won't normally update. Upload. And on the back of that, Meta is rolling out parental supervision for tools on Quest and Instagram, claiming it'll allow parents and guardians to be more involved in their teens' experiences. Because parents know that their kids even on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. Parents are like, yeah, that's that's nice. You're, you're sending your, you're on the... Insta cool thingy. Because when mummy looks, mummy and daddy look up Instagram, they look up like, you know, what colour scheme looks best in my kitchen. Yeah. Not. <laughs> Naked celebrities. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, oh, man, the people who write this stuff need to punch in the throat with a brick. Yeah. Wrapped around a fish. <laughs> and a gold bar. A slice of lemon wrapped around a gold brick. <laughs> Microsoft appears, yay, Microsoft appears to be (laughs) testing a new type of ad inside File Explorer in Windows 11. Microsoft MVP and Twitter user Florian Beaubois discovered an ad in the latest test build of Windows 11, prompting users to check out the Microsoft editor. While the ads might have appeared for some Windows 11 users, Microsoft said it was a mistake. You weren't supposed to find out yet. <laughs> That's yeah. what it boils down to. That's basically This was an experimental banner that was not intended to be published externally and was turned off, says Brendan LeBlanc, senior programmer for senior program manager for Windows in a statement. While the ads weren't intended to be tested externally, it's clear Microsoft is capable of running them inside Windows eleven, and the company's brief statement doesn't rule out ads appearing in the File Explorer in the future. This isn't the first time Microsoft has placed ads inside File Explorer either. Software maker added large banner ad to Windows 10 File Explorer in 2017, promoting subscription options for its OneDrive cloud service. While the ads can be easily dismissed, they're still a frustrating experience in an operating system that's traditionally been ad-free. And you're paying for the damn operating yeah, system. Yeah, that's not like it's a free operating system to start with. Microsoft has been experimenting with ads inside Windows for a decade now. It also places ads on the Windows 10 lock screen and in the start menu. And there have been plenty of instances with annoying pop-up ads in the taskbar too. Lots of Windows 8 built-in apps also had ads inside them. So this is why you should go to... Linux. Pop OS. Yeah. Pop OS. It's really, I mean, it really is so damn it. It's ridiculous. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've had such a seamless transition to it. It's, it's People stupid. are like, finally, Microsoft is doing something great. They're doing Windows services for Linux. They're letting people do all this really cool stuff. Now they're going to chuck ads on it. Yeah. 
We, <laughs> we've got to keep it balanced, right? You can't have it too good in Windows land. There's got to be something that's going to annoy you. That you the funny want. thing is, they're like, oh, we weren't, we, we didn't mean to turn that on. That's an experimental thing. Um, you weren't supposed to see that. And next time we turn it on, you won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and you won't <laughs> be able to turn it off. Yeah, they, they didn't admit that it was a mistake turning it on. They just admitted that you weren't supposed to see it yet. Yeah. They literally said, you're not supposed to see this yet. If they didn't. Which means you are going to see it. If they didn't write code for it, it couldn't even accidentally appear. Yeah. It's, de- it's <laughs> and deliberate. If you deliberately turn, something that's turned off at rollout won't turn back on unless you turn it on, on an update. <laughs> uh, they're just trying to push people off, aren't they? We'll yeah. get sick of it. No, I haven't had any problems. I've been booting into Linux for a few weeks now. All the stuff I've got works. Things that I've got a program, uh, MPAGD, the multi-platform arcade game designer that I do games for the VZ if I don't want to do too much hands-on programming with Turbo Rascal. And I just started it up um, with a command line that starts with wine and then mm. winagd.exe. Fires yep. up, everything works perfect. In fact, I needed for my 4K monitor, Wine has got an option to increase the size of the fonts and the window and everything because it was so tiny. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't realize it's running on a full operating system. So I enabled that. And now I can design all the stuff in there and write the code fine. No problems. Um, I had a couple of other part. apps that are Windows only that I. They're not like Steam or anything, so it hasn't even got that behind it, but Wine just runs them perfectly with no problems. And even a lot of people are using the Steam, um, the the platform Proton. that Steam's developed, the Proton platform. They're hacking, well, sort of, sort of semi-hacking that, and they're using that because it's such a seamless... Seamless. Steamless or seamless? <laughs> it's, a, it's a seamless, seamless transition. Yeah, well, it's got um, in it, Steam. You can just click on add non-Steam application. Yeah. And it literally uses their Proton app, which is pretty damn amazing, actually. It's, it even supports 3D rendering and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, it, it's a lot of people are literally running Windows from that. Like, it, that's how capable it is. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's yeah, I... I I use Windows at work now, and as soon as I get time, I'm going to be swapping over because it's really annoying me lately with all the garbage that's happening. I'm having crashes and having stupid stuff happen, and none of this stuff I just don't have with Pop. Like it's, it just works. It's just wasn't so that the Windows whole thing? It just works, and well, Linux just, doesn't because it's too fiddly. And now it's yeah, and it's funny. Flip. It's flipped completely now. Linux just works, and Windows doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. It's free. Yep. It's updated literally every day. Like every day, there's an update waiting for me to, to do it. You can pick whichever one you want. Like I've had elementary OS, which is kind of Mac-like interface. The Pop OS is kind mm. of Windows very, slash very Mac w- interface. Windows, uh, Pop OS is very familiar. It really doesn't take long to figure out. It's It, it just feels... And it's got a built-in store, so you don't have to go searching for your programs, which even the Windows store is terrible. And and the Pop! OS one has got it built in. You just click on the store, type in what you want to search for, hit install, and it's installed. You don't have to download dependencies. You don't need this program that depends on that one, and then this over here, and that's out of date. And everything, they've got Flatpak and the 
software yeah. stuff and it just all works. And I mean, I've tried a lot. Like I've tried Mint. I've tried um, Pup. I've tried Standard Ubuntu and Fedora. And I've tried a whole heap of them. And KDE. KDE and Genome. And, Ubuntu as well because they did a crossover. Yeah, and Pi, Pi Linux and uh, right, there's, there's just so many variations. I've tried a lot because I've wanted to... I've wanted to switch to Linux for the longest time, but I just haven't found an operating system that just works. Like, especially because I've got AMD um, with the now that I've got the MSI, like the Radon and the AMD, it's, it's fine because that's not an issue. But on my other system prior to this one, it was all Intel, yep. and most of those don't support decent 3D rendering because um, they won't release their drivers, basically. Yep on the um uh what's the name on the graphics cards yeah nvidia um, doesn't open source their drives but they got a driver for linux so i've got the nvidia specific version yeah. of pop os but which one's fine i was actually reading why it works so well compared to other versions where you load linux and then you put the graphics driver on yep but it still loads the base graphics drivers before it loads the other ones yeah on the Intel on the NVIDIA specific version of Pop, they actually remove the default graphics drivers and load in the other ones before it even installs so that they're actually loaded to start with. Yeah. And it just makes it so much more efficient, apparently. And after <laughs> that group that had uh, got the NVIDIA data and they weren't going to release it unless they open sourced their drivers two weeks ago. Yeah, Come know, on, you guys. You're a bit down slipping. on the ball. We, think we, were, we were depending <laughs> on you as our last resort. So, but, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been wanting to switch, for, switch to ages because Windows has been bugging me for at least well, two years, really, but the last 12 months particularly. Yeah. And um, I just haven't found a smooth transition experience. I found... Like they almost do almost everything I want them to do, but none of them would literally do everything. And this literally does everything. Like there's absolutely nothing. Yep. There's nothing on here that hasn't worked. Maybe with a couple of things I've had literally like two mouse clicks to make them work. I've had to right click on and go into settings and go um, uh, run as a program because it's a unrecognized file, so it doesn't know what to do with it. So you right click, go properties, and then go click on run as a program, then go okay, then run it, and it runs it. It'll automatically load wine, it'll automatically load whatever it needs to make it happen. Yeah, and it's just it's it's amazing. So, so yeah, so I um, strong you know, if you don't want to be putting up with Microsoft's garbage anymore, and it's cool too because it runs obviously Open Office and LibreOffice. LibreOffice now is more than just an office. But you go to the website, the amount of stuff that they're developing is insane. They've got so many programs now. Like they do like a um, what do they call it? A CRM or whatever it is a customer customer management yeah, software. Yeah. And and there's so much stuff they do now, and it's it's um it's great because obviously Libre actually if you've got if you're converting um, DocX documents, LibreOffice does a far better job of it than OpenOffice. So before we do your next news story then, since you've jumped into my new idea, and <laughs> without knowing, I was uh, thinking of introducing a new show segment, Linux App of the Week, and the one that I oh. chose is... 
LibreOffice. <laughs> I didn't tell no, Will. I, I didn't know. He had no idea, but I'm like, since we're already on, on the track there and he's going on about how great <laughs> LibreOffice is, yes, I thought every show, I think, we since we had fans that were uh, mailing in and saying, we love that you do Linux stuff, I thought, why don't we do a Linux app of the week, let people know what's out there, because they might be like, well, I would like to switch from Windows because I'm sick of it, but... What if I'm at work and I get uh, emails with Word documents and Publisher and Excel and stuff? I don't want to have to go to Google or Microsoft Online. And as Will was saying, LibreOffice is, uh, well, Libre is Spanish for free anyway. So LibreOffice is powerful and free office suite, a successor to OpenOffice.org which was originally based on StarOffice. Used by millions of people around the world, its clean interface and feature-rich tools help you unleash your, unleash your creativity and enhance your productivity. LibreOffice includes several applications that will make it the most versatile and free and open-source office suite on the market. Writer, which is for your word processing, which basically looks and works the same as Microsoft Word. Uh, Calc for spreadsheets, Impress for presentations, Draw for vector graphics and flowcharts, Base for databases, and Math for formula editing. LibreOffice is compatible with a wide range of document formats such as Microsoft Word, .doc.docx, and Excel, XLS, XLSX, PowerPoint, PPT, PPTX, and Publisher. But LibreOffice goes much further with its native support for modern open standard, the open document format, which... If you're worried, Microsoft also can read because they joined in with uh, open document formats. They can read it. Can they? I don't know if they can write it. Though, I think they? they can, yeah. yeah. I know they couldn't originally. No. With mm. LibreOffice, you have maximum control over your data and content and you can export your work in many different formats, including PDF. LibreOffice is free and open source software available for everyone to use, share and modify as produced by a worldwide community of hundreds of developers. You can download it for Linux, Mac, OS X or Windows. And if you want to deploy LibreOffice in a business, they strongly recommend sourcing a LibreOffice-based solution from one of the ecosystem partners. That's just so you can get some support if you need it, uh, help with setting it up because you download and install LibreOffice and uh, it's not like you've paid $100 for Microsoft support. You can ring them up and go, hey, I don't know how to do this. But uh, if you've got an office, they can actually help you out and uh, just pop into <coughs> www.libreoffice.org, L-I-B-R-E, office. Yeah, and yeah, they, it, I mean, with a lot of Linux distributions, they come default installed anyway. Yeah, mine did. I just got yeah, an update yesterday, does. all of the apps for mm. LibreOffice. Was that the thing you were saying recently that you were trying to remember you wanted a program and it turned out to be a LibreOffice one? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was just talking about. I was, I was going to mention. Um, so uh, Microsoft has a, a program called um, Microsoft Project. And it's basically a project management, time management, customer, customer management software. Yep. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's nice, but I don't want to. It's one, it's a Microsoft product, so I don't want anything to do with it. But secondly, I want a free thing. I'm not going to be using it that much. I don't want to pay stupid amounts of money to have it. And we looked around, and there was a few, but the, and they kind of all sort of did bits and pieces of what I wanted to do. But then I was, I was scrolling through the list, and I saw Libra. I'm like, hang on a minute. Scrolled back and had a look, and they have uh, a, a 
for a program called Project Libre. Oh, thank you. So, it, and on the on the uh, website, it literally says this is um, it literally says this is our improved version of Microsoft Project. <laughs> like it actually says it on their website. And you know what's uh, even better product of theirs? Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. <laughs> Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that for ages. I haven't seen that. Uh, really? Yeah. That's surprising. It's good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's Jack Black. I mean, it's not going to be bad. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. Yeah, Project Libre. Um, another cool part about it: it provides, if you want to, it can provide a cloud solution and a desktop. I'm just using the desktop version. I just want a local version. I don't want to have to muck around. It can work offline. Yeah which the computer I'll be using it on it will be offline most of the time because it's going to be right on the end of my Wi-Fi and it, like it seems to work like first thing of the morning and last thing of an afternoon and during the day I can't connect. <laughs> Until you get Linux um, on there. Yeah, but so it does that. It works on the cloud. So if you've got multiple people using it, it syncs between all the different devices, obviously. Um, it's open source. It's a replacement for Microsoft Project. Um and it's currently ranked number one. Uh, it's actually beating Microsoft Project for the amount of users. Ah, nice. Um, <clears throat> currently has 5.6 million desktop downloads. Um, <laughs> and it's only not been out very long. It's only been out like nine months or something. Ah. Um, so they're doing well there. Yeah. Um, and it also has Android support. I don't know. I know it has Apple support through the browser. I don't know if it has an app on the iPhone, but it does have an, an Android app. Um, and it's really easy to use. I've basically set it up in like five minutes. And uh, it's fast. Some of the other ones I was looking at when you're switching between databases and like reopening an existing job to edit the job, some of them took forever because they were almost every single one of them with a couple of exceptions were online. Oh, they didn't okay. have a local version, which is dumb. Um, but because this is local, it's so fast. But even the online one I tested just out of curiosity, and um, yeah, it loaded the online one almost instantly as well because they don't have any guff in it. It's just just a pure database. Yep. So another pro, another successful project. They're turning into. Do you remember? I think they were called NCR. Like there was a period in time there where you wanted a program and they just had a fr- like a crippled free version of it oh, okay. that generally did everything you wanted to. Um, I think oh, I called NCR. I need to look it up now. But there was the same sort of thing. Like um, they had like three hundred or four hundred programs <laughs> that you could just yeah, yeah NCR enough. digital yeah NCR. They have like so many. Oh, no, it's not NCR. That's, it's, it's very similar to NCR anyway. But, um, and it's the same sort of thing. Libre looks like they're turning into that sort of uh, that sort of software now, which everywhere you go, they've, they've got a program that does it, which isn't a bad thing by any means because no. I don't think I've ever seen a program either. of theirs that's bad. Yep. <laughs> they all seem to be fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. For years, people always thought open source software, was it wasn't possible to be as good to well, well one it wasn't possibly as good but no one thought that open source software could survive because there's no way you could make income from it yeah but like 
they've got you know 5.6 million users using that project. Now there are support. You know, you can pay for support. You can pay for priority upgrades. You can pay for um, certain features that you know you want multi-seat. You want all this stuff. You can yeah. pay to have those upgrades. So it's an option, businesses, the businesses and corporations who are using the software, even though they're paying small amounts for support and all this other stuff, they're still coming out way in front compared to buying a closed software. So let's say you know. F- Let's say fifty percent. Well, in this, in, with something like Project, you probably ninety percent of the people using it are companies because yeah. it's it's prom, primarily based. That's the sort of software it is. So let's say they all take the I think the basic support package, which gave you priority email, um, yeah, priority email and something else. I think it was fifteen dollars a month or something. Yep. You know, like. Let's say you've got 5.6 million users and you've got 5 million users paying $15 a month. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're making money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so it's not like, you know, close. And that, I mean, but that goes to show you how much money Microsoft must be making because if they're charging Office 365 at however much a year it is and however many millions of people they've got, People go, oh, but they've got to employ developers. I said, but they're going to employ those people regardless. Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not paying for that when you pay for the, the software because they're already paid for. Yeah. They wouldn't be putting them on if they weren't already paid for. <laughs> Everything that they're paying for is cream on top of that. Yeah. You know, so. But um, no, so okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we have to look forward to a uh, Linux program of the week now. There you go. I'll I'll try not to ruin it next. (laughs) Maybe next week. Tell me what it is so I don't ruin it. (laughs) Subconsciously on the same level. Uh, So, um, uh, quick story, just showing how much Apple, uh, their technology is on the ball and they're full of advancements and innovation features and innovation. Like it's it's fascinating that. You know, anyway. So, how to use Apple's, and this is, as the article wrote it, I'm not ad-libbing here, how to use Apple's mind-blowingly magical universal control to control your iPad from your Mac. Yeah. So, the latest software update to the Mac and the iPad has enabled a feature. um, (laughs) And once again, this is what the article says. Not to sound too cliche is downright magical the first time you use it. Universal control allows you to share your Mac's mouse and your keypad with your iPad. That means that when you move your Mac's pointer beyond the edge of your screen, it will automatically switch to your iPad and allow you to use iPad OS. Whoa. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. That's magical, can't like Disney with, level. I can't, I can't do it with a straight face. I tried. <laughs> So you've got to update to Mac OS 12.3 and iPad OS 15.4, and then you've got to go and enable a setting. And that's about the end of it. But this, mind you, this... Wow, how big is this article? Holy crap, it's like... The universal clipboard annoyed me, though, because I didn't know it was a thing. So I went and copied something on my PC, and I copied something on my phone, and the phone overrode my clipboard on the PC because it was copied afterwards, and I went to hit paste. I'm like, why is it pasting something from... <laughs> Wait, yeah, that'll catch you if you're not aware of that. So basically, Apple has, in their latest software updates, has released something that 
I've been using for 15 years yeah. on most of my devices. <laughs> <laughs> like, I use it daily. Like because not... this is innovative and new. <laughs> I, the first time I used it regularly was when I had my Nokia N95. That's got to be at least 10, no, I mean, more than 10 years. That have to be 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, I used it even before that on some of my phones, but I started using it regularly on my Nokia N95. And every phone I've had since, I use it on a regular basis. And not only that, you can also use your phone to control your PC. Yep. It works both ways. <laughs> even more magical than magic. It also magical. sends you notifications to your PC and you can reply to text messages. Yeah, and stuff text messages. I can make phone calls from my computer from my phone. Yeah. Like it, it connects to my phone. If I want to make a phone call and I've already got my headset and mic, I can just dial a number on my computer and it'll work, send them through my phone. Yeah. I could um, if I had Bluetooth on my motherboard, but it turned out that the one that I bought didn't have Bluetooth. No, no, it just works over Wi Fi. Ah. Uh, I yeah, I don't have Bluetooth then. on this either. Um, this works over Wi-Fi because you're already connected. And you can send a text message, but I can also click a button and, and do a voice call. I can use my phone as a webcam. Um, you know, I can use it and it's over Wi-Fi or I can plug it in over USB and do it that way as well. And it's actually, le- well, obviously, it's less lag if you do it that way. Yeah. Um, I can send files backwards and forwards. I can, you know, I like using it sometimes... Not so much the phone, but tablets are really good to use as an extra monitor because they're, especially the bigger ones, because they're big enough you can put it over there and you can have like a full, um, you know, you, it's useful for like if you just want to keep an eye on something like the radar or you want to keep a quick eye on your Facebook feed or something. You can't necessarily specifically read it when it's sitting there, but you can glance at it and you get an idea of what you want to do. Then you just drag that window across back onto your computer again. Yep. So none of this is new or anything, but apparently it's... Except for the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> but then again, how long did it take iPhone to have copy and paste? Yeah, forever. Like, it was two or three renditions of iPhones before that become a thing. You know, I don't... Uh, lucky people don't pay much for these things. No, oh, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just... The more of this sort of stuff I see, the more reason I have to not use Apple products. Yeah. They're not even trying anymore. They're just like, hey, these guys have been doing it for 15 years. Maybe we should see if we can do it. And then call it innovative. And call it magical. It's magical (laughs) and mysterious. An unknown technology. It's bloody ridiculous, mate. (laughs) Like, they're they're literally saying that, like, this guy guy who wrote those articles, who is it? Jason. I fanboy. Jason Cipriani. He's clearly a fan, a iPhone fanboy because, like, he's like, "Oh, I'm never going to use my PC again. I'm only even going to use my Mac from now on." And like, real, settle down, dude. It's too, okay. I put Linux on it. <laughs> You're allowed to like two things. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. We'll see you next time. Bye.